0: Joe Gunrack, Jim Bob Cooter, the poaching, get your grubby hands off of our coaches. My goodness, stability, it is so huge for this organization as they push forward and I've loved the room, I have, with the former head coach and Mike McCoy As the quarterbacks coach, Jim Bob Cooter, your passing game coordinator. Press Taylor, who I think is another head coach in waiting, right? He just looks the part. Obviously not calling plays, but has the title of offensive coordinator with Doug Peterson. Four former quarterbacks working with Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, it's going to be so interesting around here because for the first time since, what, 2019, you're not talking about a coaching change. You're not talking about an offensive coordinator change. And again, you've got leadership and you've got stability. I honestly expected uh, them to lose a couple of coaches because I think that's the way the league is set up. When you are successful, you're going to lose guys. And, you know, Chris Jackson left a month ago. I'm still trying to figure out why he lied. I mean, wh- wh- why come out and say something like that then leave a week later? It just makes very little sense. But anyway, see you, uh, Chris Jackson. Um, and now it's Jim Bob Cooter. And, and to lose him to a divisional rival, to me, this is a blow. Now, I'm not to the point where I'm saying that's it, you know, cancel the season, favor Indianapolis now. Uh, no. But I, I still think uh, it hurts. I, I don't believe that – I guess if you look at the foursome there – This one perhaps hurts the least. Uh, And I'm saying that out of respect for Mike McCoy, who is a previous head coach. I think it's good to have another head coach on your staff if you can get one. All right. Gus Bradley had Doug Marone. Doug Marone had, I don't know what, he had Dom Capers in a, uh, uh, you know, whatever glorified title. Uh, By the way, when you're ranking two pays of all time, Dom Capers to me is is on Mount Rushmore. Uh, that fitting that is just absolutely fantastic. I don't know if it's a squirrel. I don't know if it's a raccoon, but just simply, and because it's not resodded, you can tell. It's like one of those snatch or latch type of deals uh, that goes on his head. But just the ultimate amount of respect for Dom Capers and his piece. Mike McCoy, I look at him that way because of that reason as a former head coach. So this isn't the end of the world, okay? Hopefully no one else is picked up. It's been a year in which we only saw, what, five head coaching changes compared to 10 a year ago. But this is where you are in Jacksonville. Instead of us now sitting around struggling, talking about the draft and talking about what are they going to do in free agency and what's going to happen on this side of the ball and that side of the ball and what about all the coaches, uh uh-uh. It feels really good right now. It feels like Jacksonville is going to be the leader of the AFC South. And hopefully one of the three or four teams to beat in the AFC as a conference. Still, not a big fan of this move today with Jim Bob Cooter going over to Indianapolis as the offensive coordinator. Going to have some fun with Jaguar fans tonight. It's my last show for a week. I'm going to Costa Rica in the morning So I'll be gone the rest of this week and then early next week. But I do want to throw out something uh, to JAG fans on this President's Day. And what a President's Day it is, right? I mean, let's just acknowledge the tremendous leadership in our country and uh, the fact that you have a day off. Well-deserved. I I hope it's been a great one for you. And uh, hopefully you'll continue that tonight. We're going to have some uh, cool things to do as far as the Jaguars. And, you know, if you just look at it and you really pay attention, I, I always kind of like to look at it as like the starting 24, not 22. You think nowadays, you know, Jacksonville played half their defense in nickel. So you can throw in a 12th um, defensive guy if you want, you could throw in that third wide receiver if you want on the offensive side, so it's always been the starting 22. I kind of look at it now as like the starting 24, the way that offenses and defenses continue to change. But right here in Jacksonville, this is so different from what we've seen over the previous several years. you got a lot of really good football players on this team, and young players who I think the primary responsibility is for them to improve from one year to another. If you look at the three high draft picks defensively last year, okay, Trayvon Walker and Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd, will fill in the blanks at particular positions that need to be addressed. But more importantly than that, it's about those three improving. That's maybe the biggest overall change that has to take place Defensively, and listen, I know that Jacksonville was third in pressures, right? They were third in the NFL, they had over 200 pressures, but they only got to the quarterback 35 times, which was tied for 25th in the NFL. It's almost like they have you know warning track power, Uh, they can bring in a run on a sack fly, but still don't have the ability to knock it out over the fence and, and, and get what is desperately needed. That is more sacks. So that's going to be a major part of what we're doing tonight. I do want to get from you what you believe is the biggest position of need right now. And I think there's really three or four that stick out for me. Okay. Um, Calvin Ridley automatically comes to mind. I, I think he's going to give Jacksonville now a true number one wide receiver. I'm not ripping Christian Kirk. I'm not ripping. Zay Jones. I think they're very good wide receivers, but I think they're number two and number three wide receivers. Obviously, we do not expect Marvin Jones Jr. uh, to return. His contract uh, is up, and he will become a free agent on March 15th. They have a number one guy, okay? A guy that they're going to be able to do some different things with now, offensively, including the deep ball. And I certainly do believe that If we're in a situation like they were against Kansas City, uh, Calvin Ridley's going to catch that ball. He's not going to put it on the grass the way that Christian Kirk did. So is that the biggest position in need? Maybe you're going to try to sell me on tight end and tell me that that absolutely has to be addressed. Obviously, Evan Ingram is a guy that this organization would love to have back, and Ingram himself said he would love to return. But is he going to cost more than they're willing to spend. What about the offensive line? I mean, there's two positions in doubt right now, right? Left guard, right tackle. You know all the equations. What do you believe? Is that it? I've had others try to tell me that, hey, Baloo, we need a second back. And I'm like, well, hold on here now. Okay, you can find backs. And you spent a fifth rounder last year on Snoop Connor. Is that just going to go away? Is it going to be like a Rock Armstead pick who, for those of you who did not see, is actually playing uh, in the XFL? So that's my look at it on offense. I try to stay away from a back until very late just because I think you could find one in the sixth or seventh round. And again, I'm not willing to give up that fifth rounder uh, in the Snoop Connor pick. I thought Snoop looked good in camp. He had a terrible preseason as far as games. I mean, the guy had like 50 carries in those contests and just averaged over two yards of carry. So maybe he's not cut out for this. I, I certainly think he's going to get another shot, though, during the 2023 season. On defense, a lot of things to take a look at as well, including getting after the quarterback. Are they going to charge, uh, you know, are they going to change that scheme to more of a 4-3? Uh, do they have a corner? okay? We saw the, the change, you know, late in the year, and we saw what happened with Darius Williams, who became a better football player outside than he was as a nickel. What are they going to do there? I, I've got to believe that that is something that'll be addressed fairly early in the NFL draft if it's not addressed immediately. I, I think they need another corner. And again, all you do is look at Tyson Campbell, kind of what I said a moment ago about improvement from year one to year two with those other defensive players. Tyson Campbell, man, his first eight or nine games around here, he was terrible. And then look it, the light went on. He changed his game, got that much better this past season. So we'll have some fun with that. Our brand-new text line, again, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I'm going to hopefully find my way through uh, this. And the number for you is 641-1010. Let us know what you believe is the Jaguars' Biggest need. All right, a couple of things I want to get to you on is um, what a weekend. I mean, uh, woke woke America uh, was just on fire this weekend. I I I I finally have realized that if you're not complaining about something, then there's something wrong with you. Okay. This began with the tampon exchange, right? Justin and Tiger, Tiger on the giving side. That created an absolute firestorm, okay? Um, Talk radio, columnists, stars, uh, how offensive uh, that was. Then we got to the Chiefs parade, and I read a long article this morning from a columnist from the Kansas City Star, who went on to say that Patrick Mahomes drinking beer in front of kids is absolutely awful, and it should not be allowed. It should not be tolerated. I then went on to read a piece in the Detroit Free Press today that said that Kansas City needs to stop doing the war chant, okay? It's immature, it's disrespectful, and it's racist, all right. And then I went to the NBA All-Star Weekend. And where have I been for the last twenty five years? I just found out today that Carl Malone was allegedly involved in a sexual assault with a thirteen year old girl who he got pregnant. Where have I been?
1: That's old news.
0: Okay. Maybe you I missed out on that one. I don't know where I, I don't know where I was. All right. <laughs> Charles Barkley destroys Salt Lake City, Utah. You have ESPN on Sports Center showing women's basketball highlights, and then he goes out and says, all right, let's get back to some real basketball, and they went to a men's game. Finally, DK Metcalf steals the show by showing us his hops, and what comes down the very next day, a letter from the P-Doctor from the National Football League that you must now take a test. Or performance and in, in uh and you know performance enhanced drugs whatever it is the peds that they test for so I'm like oh my god I mean, look at this everything is covered so if you want to comment on that again we'll allow it tiger offended uh, women okay he apologized is that is that I mean are, are we not allowed to make mistakes anymore okay and when you apologize is that Uh, Meaningless. And I read stuff that Tiger Woods has not learned his lesson. Tiger Woods did a friendly gesture with a butt. And I understand that we're extra sensitive. And I'm not trying to make light of any of this. But, man, is your your life that damn miserable that you're really bothered by that? Seriously. I mean, don't you have your own concerns? Don't you have your own things that you got to? you got to get past whether they're really good things or really bad things. I mean, the reaction there to me um, just uh, makes very little sense. And, and then you get to the, the drinking of the beer. I got news for you. People have been celebrating championships by drinking beer and doing whatever. Look at Tom Brady a few years ago. The guy couldn't even stand up in Tampa when he threw the Lombardi Trophy uh, from one boat to another. Again, they're out. They're partying. They're having a good time. If you think that's wrong, let me know. Six four one ten ten. Can you imagine being with the Kansas City Star, and they won their second championship in four years, and you have a con- a contrarian type of uh, columnist now actually trying to sell that to Chiefs fans that they should not be allowed to party. Uh, the whole war chant thing to me. You know, for those who have any understanding whatsoever about Florida State, uh, this is endorsed by the Seminole Tribe. They love the recognition that they get from Florida State. It's been stolen, just like everything else in life has been stolen, right? The Braves took it. The Chiefs took it. Uh, There used to be nothing better than the war chant at the doke late 80s, early 90s, it was incredible. I, I have found myself over the years becoming more and more really not into it only because so many other people took it. You know what I mean? If it was just Florida States and Florida States alone, it would mean that much more to me. But I've been to Arrowhead, and, and watching those knuckleheads do it makes very little sense to me. And seeing in Atlanta... Kind of the same deal. So, you know, I'm not saying it's going to go away, but I think you need to put things in proper perspective. This started at Florida State, should have remained at Florida State. But again, I mean, now you got, here's another columnist from the Detroit Free Press calling it racist. So, you know, you want to comment on that, you can. All right, everything else that's happened, it's just been a very intriguing uh, weekend, uh, to say the least. And again, maybe it is slow for some people it's certainly not slow for me there's no such thing as a slow time of year when it comes to covering sports but by the headlines i just gave you and the amount of complaining that is going on obviously there are people out there that are woke are you woke the incomparable i'm so awake jj olaselva i've never been more awake
1: in my life Mm -hmm. um as a matter of fact you can be woke, too, if you listen to our show. If you watch our show, specifically on YouTube, go to XL's YouTube page, subscribe to our channel, give us a like, watch Rick right now, see what he has on as he's about to take off for Costa Rica. Ooh. He's in his vacation clothes, folks. He looks Ugh. phenomenal.
0: Ugh. I was woke this weekend. I was shooting oysters. In beer,
1: huge oysters. Yes,
0: and that you know, that's maybe a little bit of an old school movement, but I think I can fit into <laughs> the, the brand new category uh, of what people are now defining as well. What a great weekend! How beautiful was the weather? Yes, I mean, just incredible golf and uh, just enjoying some good buddies out there and and, and having a blast. Uh, phenomenal weekend. Hopefully you have one as well. And hey, hopefully you're enjoying President's Day right here as well. A day off for you and your family. Certainly well-deserved. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Shmunez Vision. All right, family organization out at the beach. Again, last week after the Super Bowl, I did pass out with my contacts in, which is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Because I'm a man who makes mistakes, and I'm a man who's not afraid to tell you that I make mistakes. I've been telling you forever, do not sleep in your contacts, yet I'm the knucklehead who did. So what happened? I got up around 4 a.m., had to go to the restroom. When I got done, after washing my hands, because I believe in proper etiquette, and I like to be clean. I went to go take the contacts out. When I did so, I scratched my right eye. And it was a mess. I called Dr. Shmunez. He got me in a day later, gave me some eye drops. It's been a week. Absolutely perfect. Do want to thank him. That's only a little bit of what they do at Shmunez Vision. Whether it's laser eye surgery, you're talking about more than 30 years of experience. If you're over 50 and you have cataracts, you're thinking, all right, I'm going to need total cataract surgery or refractive surgery. May not be the case. There are other ways. And the most expensive plan and most expensive uh, particular scenario that your eye doctor may present to you isn't always the best way to go, all right? Expensive isn't always the best. I'm not going to call the process a racket, but I think there are some out there that will charge you a heck of a lot more than what you really need. Go to the folks who are honest. Go to the folks who are a family-like atmosphere. That is the great people over at Shmunez Vision. 299-2906 or go to shmunezvision.com. Care, you can see. J.J. LaSalva, we'll get it from you on the other side. What is the biggest need for the Jaguars as we are a little bit more than two and a half weeks away from free agency? What do the Jags need to do? That's coming up on the other side. This is Into the nights.
2: Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: All right, we just may have a giveaway coming up in a little bit. you got to keep it right here, though, for all of those details. We have got a developing situation, and it's a good one. New text line, trying to get a hold of it. You know, I'm not a huge fan of change, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's going to continuously Happen uh, in the world of passwords, man. Passwords drive me insane. They really do. I don't care what it is, you know, that I'm going to check. Uh, That's just the way of life. But anyway, that includes our new uh, text line here. Same number for you 641 1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. But getting a lot of good stuff early on here on this President's Day. I did wonder perhaps, you know, with this being a holiday, maybe some people would be away. Not the point. Getting a lot of folks in early on Tiger Woods, a lot of folks in on some of the comments that were written about several different uh, complaints in and around sports this weekend. And the question tonight that I want from you, Jaguar fans, what is the biggest position of need right now? The one thing that sticks out for you that Jacksonville needs to address, getting some people starting to roll in with that as well. Again, 641 10-10. 10 What do you got for us, J.J.? What's the biggest position to need on this football team? Pass rush.
1: Um, I think a lot of people are probably going to agree with me on that. I don't see uh, Trayvon taking, like, a huge step forward for his second season. I don't know. I just didn't see anything from him, really, to make me think he's going to be a great pass rusher in the league. I think they should go
0: after that. That's number one for me. Mm-hmm. A little bit of talk about maybe moving Josh Allen. You know, if you can get mm. equal compensation and return, both maybe with a player around the league. And you know, I don't know what Josh Allen's going to get you. What second round? But you have to sign like a contract first. No, this will be as you know, the fifth year option is going to get picked up. So but,
1: no, like, that's
0: but, not worth anything. Like, who would
1: trade for a guy
0: with one year left? Yeah. I got to believe that in a scenario like that, in order for a trade to take place, the trading team would obviously try to sign him to a long-term deal. I'd be surprised. But then again, in the same situation, Calvin Ridley came over here with one year uh, remaining. I know that's a different scenario because Ridley obviously uh, was suspended for the past year. I, I do think a lot of people are going to go in your direction and say, let's try to figure things out with the pass rush. Again, this team went from nine takeaways to 27, okay? Phenomenal year. I thought the scheme was awkward. I thought they were a little bit too late with some changes. Um, by adding those three linebackers, to me, they're a better team if you could find ways to have Muma, Lloyd, and Alohicon on the field. At the same time, also by taking Darius Williams and moving him outside, I think that that happened later than when it should. Um, I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to say the offensive line, all right? I, I'm looking at left tackle. I'm looking at left guard and I'm looking at right tackle. And there are major question marks, okay? Is Ben Barch going to be a starter in this league? Ty Shatley did a wonderful job as a replacement, okay? And as an undrafted guy, he's played in the league, what now? Eight years, nine years. But you're talking about protecting the face of the franchise and a quarterback that continues to move up. I mean, where is Trevor Lawrence right now? Is he a top eight quarterback, a top seven quarterback? Is he a top five quarterback? And then you obviously have right tackle. The, the, the most disappointing part of the whole Walker Little scenario this year is he only got that one series at right tackle. Right cuz Cam got injured. You got to give credit to Juwan Taylor for coming back and playing when he was injured. But I would like to have seen Little play much more at the right tackle position. It, it it's so easy for fans and members of the media as well to say, "Well, Walker Little should be your starting right tackle. They can't afford to pay Juwan Taylor. We still don't know if he can play right tackle. He's played left tackle, and there's a major difference between the two. So, when you're talking about protecting your quarterback, you need the best five. I think most out there believe that they are going to re-sign Juwan Taylor. He may be priority number one. He may be more important than Evan Ingram. He may be more important than Dewan Smoot or Arden Key. That's all based on how you feel. Uh, but to me, it's about taking care of that offensive line. That's the most important for me. So I'm going to go offensive line. You're going to say a pass rush, the defensive line, particularly coming off the edge. And even, it's, like, Smoot's not coming back.
1: Smoot S-Smoot was huge, uh, I mean, for this team. I, did he?
0: I don't think he led the team in sacks, but he was damn close. He did two years ago. He did a real good job this year, you know, before the Achilles. But that's a that's a tough injury to come off. I, oh, he's not coming back. Yeah, I I um I think it's going to be hard to bring him back in, and you know Arden Key back. Arden Key, they got him for four million dollars. Mm, forgot about him. He's going to double his in, He's going to double that input. Uh, you know, not not nearly as many snaps. I, I was reading.
1: Uh, let's see here. Five five sacks for Smoot last year. Second on the team behind Josh Allen was seven. Four and a half for Arden
0: Key. Yep, four and a half. Where's the? Uh, I wrote it down here. Let me see if I could find it. The pressure. All right, here we go. Arden Key had 21 pressures, four and a half sacks. Trayvon Walker had 20 pressures, three and a half sacks. Okay, Trayvon Walker's pressure rate was only 8.9 percent, and he had 10 quarterback hits. So people will look at like half the snaps that Key took compared to Walker, yet you look at the pressures and in limited snaps there's more pressures for Arden Key. I also think you have to be – got to be honest with yourself when you, when you try to figure that out. Arden Key is in on obvious pass rush situations. If, if you know that the opponent is going to run the ball – Arden Key, for the most part, is out. He comes in in nickel. He comes in when Jacksonville's opponent is going to throw the football. So he has had more opportunities with straight get after the quarterback. Where you know we saw it all year. We saw Trayvon Walker dropping coverage. We saw Trayvon Walker do a lot of different things as an every down, either outside linebacker or guy on the edge. So just want to be fair about that. Some people. Have made that statement. Uh, I think you got to look at the scenario that, in fact, they have been under. Um, as far as I'm concerned, at least that's the way I look at it. All right, let's get some stuff from you. We got a lot of good stuff rolling in here. The 4216 says, "Baloo, congrats on the new tech slot. You know what? Thank you. We're really proud of it. It's great. Thank it's you to Lifetime Enclosure. A lot enclosure. of money on this. Yep, we are. We're here hundreds for hundreds of thousands. And you know, I'm a, I'm a big user. I I love the text line. I, I love hearing from you people. I do. It's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a tall tale. You listen to this show, you know JJ and I, we go to the text line. We, we value your opinion. Rick, any concerns about the Jaguars' offensive line, Barch and Sheriff, both with pending issues? Are you looking at guards in the combine or draft? You know what? Absolutely I would. Sheriff is a guy that could be moved after this year. It's like a $5 million dead cap hit in 2024, and, you know, he's a tough guy. He battled through some injuries. I know he had a hernia surgery recently, uh, but he's a tough guy. I-, I thought he was good. I did not think he was pro-bowl uh, like we thought he was going to be. But still, at least one more year with Brandon Sheriff. I don't know what to think right now out of Ben I've I've gotten kind of mixed reviews on him over the years, uh, but those two are absolutely gonna be in play for the twenty twenty three Jacksonville Jaguars. Zero one zero seven says Baloo. Personally, I think Kirk and Zay are more like two A to B rather than two and three. In that case, is Zay really a three? Well, you're presenting a, a pleasant problem. You're saying that you know Zay to me is a three. I mean the guy had what, thirteen drops? Um, you know, I I think it's Ridley, I think it's Kirk, I think it's Zay. And it's been a long, long time around here since we've had the ability to say, boy, look at this wide receiver core. I mean, what are, what is the last really good wide receiver core around here? Was it Robinson, Hearns, and Lee for that brief period of time? I'm guessing. But it felt like, you know, they always one, if not two of them, uh, ended up being hurt. Uh, but that's fine. If you want to go 2A, 2B, uh, I'm, I'm pretty cool with that. I, I do think Calvin Ridley though is the number one guy. You know, uh, just my opinion. All right, let's grab more from you. Six four one That is on the text line. Again, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Getting a lot of good stuff rolling in here. What do you believe is the Jaguars' biggest concern? Get us on the text line. We got other things to do as well. We're with you tonight till eight o'clock.
2: Into the night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: All right, the original sound of Jeff Lynne and company. I mean, there's really nothing else like the electric light orchestra. And J.J. LaSalva, we are blessed here tonight. We have a giveaway, don't we? We do.
1: We have a pair of tickets for tomorrow night's show at the Florida Theater, which I was just there this weekend, amazing venue, uh, to see ELO, Electric-like Orchestra uh, Experience, the cover band, tribute band, excuse me, for ELO.
0: Okay. I, I think I have a good question for that. Now, what did you see at the Florida Theater this weekend?
1: Uh, me and Dylan Denmark actually went to go see comedian Shane Gillis, who was so freaking hilarious, man. Okay. Packed house, great really? show. Really? Oh, yes. it's a
0: great place. I know. Last night, Deep Purple mm-hmm. and Marshall Tucker played. I was considering, but mm-mm. I uh, I played some golf and was just having way too much fun <laughs> in St. Augustine, and uh, wasn't about to leave uh, for that. But <clears throat> I've seen both bands before. Um, all right, let's let's take um, look at all these cheaters. I mean, don't I love, even know the question. I love it. I I, I this. This type of cheating I love. I mean, I do. If you're not trying to cheat away two tickets for tomorrow night to see this orchestra, to see this experience, uh, what's wrong with you? All right, well I'm going to take live callers. And here's what I'm going to throw out to you. Jeff Lynn and who else is the only living member of the Traveling Wilburys. Mm. Okay. There were five. There's only two left. ELO's Jeff Lynn. And who else? Let's grab some calls. 641-1010. We will put you right on the air. Please turn down the radio as we hook you on through. You're up first. Who's this?
2: Yeah, it's Mike. Hey, Mike. Well, uh. I don't have an answer to it, I'll say Armani, but I remember listening with cassette decks in my brother's car and wearing down his battery to listen to Yellow back in the day. I said, I don't do it, I don't know what does.
0: Okay, appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Six four one ten ten. who, along with Jeff Lynn, is a living member of the Traveling Wil- Wilburys, which is, you know, kind of a you know, what put them in category of like a blind faith or something, or a super rock rock group that was uh, put together. Uh, next up, who's this, please? Hello? You're on? Hello? Yep. Yes, sir. You're on.
2: Yeah. It's uh Bob Dylan.
0: It is Bob Dylan. Who's this? This is Spencer. All right, Spencer, you're gonna get an opportunity to go tomorrow night. Should be a lot of fun Fantastic. out at the Florida Theater.
2: Fantastic. All right, hang
0: in the line. I'll let you talk with JJ. Congratulations. All right, thank you. All right, thank you. There goes Spencer. Yeah, the the five members of the Traveling Wilburys were, you know, George Harrison, Tom Petty, and Roy Orbison, who have all left us. Uh, The remaining members, Bob Dylan, and, of course, from ELL, Jeff Lynn. So, Yeah, those those super groups. We've seen a few of them. The damn Yankees tried to form one. I don't know if I can call them a super group, even though it had Ted Nugent. I think Asia, you know, from like uh, what Emerson, Lake and Palmer, and yes, you know, they Asia was kind of cool in the eighties. Blind Faith would have really have been the one, but they only stuck around for like one album, so that whole. Feeling of super groups. Uh, I don't think it's ever really worked. Maybe even the firm, right? Robert Plant and, and, um, uh, how come I can't think of his name right now? Paul Rogers. Yeah. From, uh, from Bad Company. All right. Appreciate that. Enjoy the show. It should be a whole heck of a lot of fun, uh, coming up tomorrow night. Um, no question about that. All right. Let's get back to some of these, uh, blue, uh, 33 offensive tackle for me. Death behind Little Robinson and Taylor. Well, you got three, and most teams are lucky to have two. You you got three. Now, all of a sudden, the problem becomes health. And, you know, Robinson had surgery. It wasn't a major surgery like it was a couple of years ago where he had, you know, total reconstruction uh, to his uh, torn ACL. Um, But, yeah, my guess is is that they're going to try to bring back Juwan Taylor. And that you'll see the start of this season with Robinson and Taylor back in. I, I do wonder if if Little can be a guard. I mean, we talked about that all last year. And, you know, Phil Rauscher, I, when I had a chance to meet and talk to him, he said he was going to get the best five on the field. And that his offensive linemen were going to be interchangeable. And we'll see if anything changes with that this past year. Uh, also, it says, I think Walker may not have a lot of sacks, but how many holding calls were because of his pass rush? He played better than his numbers. No one is going to disagree with that. But he has to make that improvement. He's the top pick in the draft. I mean, he has to make big plays, plays that stand out. I, 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 and I haven't been hard on him. I didn't crush him. You know the, those two games in a row with those 15-yard penalties uh, obviously hurt. Um, I think he was pressing a little bit. I, I think there is so much room for growth. He, he needs to spend time with former pass rushers, former great pass rushers, to to work his craft. He's he's very raw. He doesn't have a lot in his repertoire. If you are, he's got kind of that one bold um, bull rush. Type of move, uh, how savvy he's an incredibly intelligent kid. you know how savvy is he? Can, can he learn the tricks of the trade? We know he only had what? Nine sacks at Georgia or whatever it is. Um, but anyway, just my feeling there uh fifty one fifty one says, bull, well, I haven't heard the uh, these Josh Allen news is that the jaguars perhaps wanting to trade him would make sense. Well, the Jaguars haven't said anything i I honestly read it, and I don't remember where. I read it. Again, I always credit who I get stuff from. That, that's just the right way to do it. But I don't remember who actually wrote about it. And, you know, this is a time of year where there is going to be speculation. There, there is going to be uh, open comments and thoughts by so members th- of the media as to what they think could take place.
1: This is from February 20th, so three days ago. And it's. Jaguars USA Today's website, jaguar.com. A Josh Allen trade may make more sense than ever for the Jaguars. It's by Austin's Adam's sites, excuse me.
0: All right, from Adam. Okay. I know Adam. All right, well, there you have it. And I've actually raised this a couple of times. I didn't specifically say Josh Allen, but again, last year at this time, who thought that Miles Jack could be traded, right? I mean – I don't know if anyone saw that come. I I know I sure as heck did not see that. So, J.J. and I have talked about that before. Who would be the surprise guy that you would move on this team? I mean, who would it be? I I keep getting Cam Robinson. It's not going to be Cam Robinson because it's just way, way too expensive to move him. you, You just can't. I mean... It's kind of like we hear about these Aaron Rodgers things and these other things with quarterback. I mean, the amount of money for Cam Robinson is, uh, is absurd. So he's not going to be the guy. Josh Allen does make a little bit of sense, but I, I also firmly believe this Josh Allen has got like the Brandon Linder appeal. Okay. Josh Allen's loved in the building, Josh Allen is a leader in that building. Josh Allen is a class individual in that building. He he may have the best personality on the team. Okay. He's he's outspoken. He's genuine. He's transparent. He's taken over this. I get what you want. You want him to be a 10 plus sack guy a year. You, I, I understand what you want. And I think that's why there's a little bit that's kind of rubbed off on Josh Allen over the last couple of years, that there are times where he really shows out and has incredible games. There are other times where he disappears. So I would be really surprised if they moved him. But when you start looking at it the Miles Jack way, how many guys can you really point at right now and say, all right, he's a candidate or he's a candidate? Not many, right? They're they're just – I mean, I'm thinking, would they move a guy like Devon Hamilton? Last year of his contract, you know what, third-round money? That's cheap. But, you know, I, I'm just – who else could it be on this defense? I, I honestly do not know. I can't think of anyone on offense. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, Cam Robinson, there's no way you're going to be able to trade him. Before the break here, just let me look that up for Cam. Again, I mention this all the time because it's, it's important. Cam Robinson – has the second-highest cap figure on the Jaguars uh, beginning this year when the season starts on March 15th. Cam Robinson has a cap number of $22,117,000. If you were to cut Cam Robinson before June 1st as a $26 million cap hit, it it drops to $21 million post-June 1st, so that's not going to happen. But here's where it gets interesting. Again, you get to 2024 for Cam Robinson. It drops all the way down to $5 million for dead money. So, again, these contracts have been written so well by Trent Baalke. All of these players, Cam Robinson, Brandon Scher, they're $5 million apiece next year if you want to move along from them. Uh, full, you know, uh, Big follow, $3.3 million. Next year, Foyer, 4.1 million. Next year, you look at what they are this year, those same players. Uh, Big Folo, 11.8 million. All right, Foyer, 18.166 million. It's not, you, you're not moving them, you're not moving any of these guys. You can't, it's, it, it's too, nor would you want to. Okay, Folo was disappointing, but you know, certainly Aloha Khan had a phenomenal year. Yeah, led the NFL in tackles. Uh, Once again. All right, let's get ready for hour number two. Six, four, one, ten, ten. Good stuff coming in tonight. Um, I keep on getting asked where I'm going in Costa Rica. I I don't know. Is Is there that many places you can go? Yeah, I kind of thought like Costa Rica, I didn't
1: understand it was that big. Is it? I didn't know either. I thought there was probably like one touristy
0: place. But this is one of the very few vacations in my life that I honestly have no idea where we're going. I let the GF set everything up. Her son's getting married there, Congrats. so it's going to be a fun. It's going to be a fun time. But I'm, you know, it's like Chris. I I feel like a six year old on Christmas morning. I I have no idea what to expect. I'm just going to go, and hopefully be numb uh, the entire time <laughs> I'm there in Costa Rica. So I'll tell you about it when I return. How does that sound? I got an hour left. Then that vacay begins. Tomorrow morning, along with J.J. LaSalva. My name
2: is Rick Balu. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
0: All right, final hour before Hacker Nation joins you at 8. Hacker will be in for me the rest of the week. So put that in your calendar. Hey, Rick, how many bottles of duty free whiskey or rum can you bring back? I have no idea. Is now, I I don't know if you're, are you not allowed to bring liquor back? Well, this,
1: no. So when you go overseas or, you know, in the Caribbean or whatever, the booze is cheaper. It's not taxed or whatever. So you buy some and then they put it in like a sealed bag. So you can't drink it on the plane because they want you to drink the expensive stuff that they have on the plane. Your boy's gotten around that a couple times. So It's not too
0: difficult to
1: open the bag and pour it into your glass.
0: So what you're saying is that when I travel to Costa Rica, I'm not allowed to bring a 12 or 16 <laughs> ounce bottle of um, what's, distilled water that I need for my sleep apnea. But machine. you can bring back But I can bring back any type of booze want. that yeah. I want. Yeah. yeah. Well that makes total yeah. sense. Okay. And I and I'm all for it. We're like already she's like well, uh, you know, we we're gonna have to ask the the uh you know however we're getting from the airport to the hotel, we're gonna have to ask if we can pull over to like some convenience store so we can get some distilled water. So it has to be a certain it has to be distilled water. Yeah you just can't put tap water. Okay. Yeah. And of course it's called a different word over there, so we're going to have to practice this word repetitively <laughs> um, before we get there. But, but, Agua. I'll give you a hint. That's the, that's the second word. That's probably it. That's pro- I don't know. We'll find out. And, and, but it, it's interesting that I'm asking this question because I'll tell you <laughs> something. When I went to Jamaica, the airport in Jamaica, right as you get ready to cross the line, they, they're selling Cuban cigars boxes of them and there's a sign right there that says you are not allowed to transport these I don't know if it said to the United States of America it might have said anywhere so you can actually buy them right there but the whole key is smoke them there can you sneak them in a bag or whatever it is because from what I'm told they'll arrest you if you try to bring them across
1: might as well try to bring drugs too just take the two for one that's another thing that I've been in Jamaica a few times, and they are. I, I'm sure most people get it, but I just have that look. But, like, damn, they're trying to sell you everything. And it's like, I'm can't you see my mom is standing right next to me? hmm Yeah. Well, and I'm not just talking about drugs. You know, they're offering you women in front of your family. And I'm just like, dude, time and place, sir. Holler at me later tonight. Did you ever see Midnight Express? Uh is that
0: the Disney or is that the Tom Hanks movie? Midnight Express is late seventies. Oh no, no. I'm thinking of this movie. It's an Oliver Stone film where a guy tapes hash all over his body. Oh, you told me about that. And he tries to I don't remember what country he's in, but he gets nabbed. Turkey. Yep. He gets nabbed and He goes to jail for it. It's I haven't seen it in probably 30 plus years.
1: I've seen enough episodes of locked up abroad to know I don't mess with any illegal stuff. Really. I try not to overseas. Because that show scares the hell out of you, dude.
0: Yeah. I mean, going I mean, listen, I'm not going to break any laws over there. Okay, well, I mean. People hated Brittany Griner for all that. Everyone had a say. He either supported her and wanted her back. or They were like, she doesn't respect the United States of America. Keep her there. Uh, regardless of where all of you fell. Uh, by the way, for the record, I, I happen to be one of those who um, will forgive and believes in second chances. Um, I ain't getting arrested anywhere outside of this country. Okay? <laughs> Cause can you just imagine... I mean, they'll, they'll
1: and Joe leave you. Biden ain't coming to get me. Yeah, they'll or leave you. you behind. Yeah, absolutely. He'd look at my Twitter for one second and be like, nah, he's straight. I keep him over there.
0: Twenty six ninety six. 96 uh, Rick or JJ, do you know whether our London game will count as a home game or away? I feel like there is a point in this international contract for the games to begin counting as away games so we can get one more game in the bank. Can you validate? No, it's a home game it's absolutely a home game which by the way
1: now that the jags are good like that should be a major talking point from the fans that that this whole like jags are the jags are the one team in the nfl with the disadvantage going into the season every single year they have to play one of their home games away from home every single year that needs to be discussed by the fans the fans need to do the whole clown emoji whatever Take that energy and bring it to bringing the home games back to Jacksonville. That's a shame.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's not a home game. I I've been over there many times and it is a grind. Um, they lost the game this year. There they should have won. I I understand the shot Khan's a businessman. I understand the shot Khan wants to make money. But all of a sudden, you're putting yourself in a position. Where you're going to be going to the playoffs year after year after year and winning the AFC South. At least that is the projection. We know that things can change based on injury or several other reasons, but yeah. And and, and what I think will be a big factor in that is the facelift with the stadium. I I think when they start asking for money and say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild this thing downtown. That getting rid of a game in London, I would have to assume that that is something that is going to be said to the taxpayers here, we're going to build this stadium, we're going to give it a massive facelift, and you're going to get that extra home game here in Duval, no longer in London. I don't know that, but I would be surprised if that wasn't part of the equation.
1: I would hope that our city leaders would be like, hey, if we're going to take money from taxpayers for this, you can't. Take a game like that just has to be part of the deal. No questions asked.
0: The whole small, the whole small market, and finding other revenue streams. It it made sense for this franchise. But now, if you really are competitive, and you really have a chance uh, to again, there's only four quarterbacks in the NFL right now with Super Bowl rings. Four starting quarterbacks. I've left out Nick Foles and Joe Flacco. I mean, you've got Wilson. You've got Mahomes, you've got Stafford, and you've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got four starting quarterbacks with a ring. Who's five? It could be Trevor Lawrence. It could be Joe Burrow. It could be Jalen Hurts. It could be Justin Herbert. You get a feeling it's going to be one of those. But making a little extra cash, you know, getting that love and support from London's all cool and everything. But there can't be a player, a coach alive, who thinks that it's a great idea to be in that airplane for that amount of time to play a game there when you could play a game right here. Okay. And
1: and you're sacrificing seating. You know, like you might be able to get the AFC title game in Jacksonville, which think about that extra revenue. You know, you might be able to host all these playoff games, and it, it definitely helps having all of your home
0: games at home. Yeah. No question. Zero one zero seven blue agreed with that. And what you said on the radio, Wrigley is absolutely a number one as long as he is the same guy we saw two years ago. And you are right, this is a great problem to have. It really is. I mean, I don't think ever with this franchise did we ever has has this phrase ever been stated before? Are there enough balls to go around? I mean, as great as Mark Burnell was with Jimmy and Keenan. Mark Brunell never threw for more than 20 touchdowns in a season here in Jacksonville. That, that was still a, a run-first mentality, you know, with, with James Stewart, Natron Means, and then Fred Taylor. I, they always – Tom Coughlin came from the old school of, of, of let's run the football and then some play action passing of the football. Right now, this offense, I mean, if if Calvin Ridley is all that, I mean, Ridley, Kirk, and Zay as your three, all of a sudden, that's going to start to get thrown around as one of the better threesome wide receiver cores in the NFL. It is. And the biggest problem I have right now on the surface for that group is drop passes. That is something that they absolutely – must improve upon uh, before the 2023 year. Let me see. I know I I wrote this down recently. I want to say it was seven drops uh, for Kirk. He had that huge one of the playoffs, obviously. And and I hope he's got a little fire in his belly, too. You know, he he made some comments, and he seemed that he was upset about this, upset about that. Uh, Here we go right here. Um, Zay had 13. Jacksonville had 41 drops, okay? There's not a lot that you can criticize for the 2022 Jaguars. They overachieved in just about every area, okay? But one of them would be hanging on to the football. 41 drops. Zay Jones had 13. Uh, Let's see. um, Kirk had seven. Evan Ingram had five, Jones Jr. had five, ETN three, Hasty three, Agnew two. So there's your list from one year ago. Someone is saying that today is, in fact, February 20th. Did I say the wrong day? I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm already on vacation and, <laughs> and said it was like 20. Did, did I say I,
1: I don't know. I know the concert is tomorrow the 21st, if that's what he
0: was referring to, but. I think it might have been the story that you found on the trading of Josh Allen.
1: Oh, and what did I say? This was three days ago? Yeah, it is today. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, I was looking at the year. uh, 1527
0: says, uh, Bad Company was kind of a super group. Two members from Free, one from uh, Mott the Hoople, and one from King Crimson. Okay. Put Bad Company in the Hall of Fame, man. Uh, Midnight Express from Turkey, incredible movie, 4751. It really is. You said you went back and watched it. You saw Serpico over the weekend. I did. First time seeing Serpico.
1: Loved it, man. Uh, Al Pacino is just the best. I love the 70s New York grime movies, you know, just showing how disgusting it all was. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize until the very end it was a true story. And uh, I won't ruin it, but hell of an ending.
0: Books, The book's better, but okay. the movie's phenomenal. Yeah, it, New York was accessible then, especially the red light district where, you know, time, the, you know, whatever they call it now, the, the huge tourist trap. Um, Times Square? Yeah, Times Square. just Used to be super seedy. F-
1: I mean, filthy. I was just there two months ago, and it's so corporate, man. I oh. mean, you have nasty homeless people or whatever, bums begging, but it's nothing like... Videos and photos I've seen from back in the 70s and 80s, like, it looked dangerous. Now it's so corporate. Eminem and m stores and everybody, you know, cops everywhere, and it was fine.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of today's. Yeah, it was boring. You know, they have a section like that in London that is basically the same thing. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, twenty oh nine says blue. If Muma Cisco and Lloyd improve, that's the best way at a corner defensive line in depth. That is so huge. That has to happen. Okay. I mean, improving your play. We saw Jawan Taylor improve with his play. It was during a contract year. I know that that can be scary. I think Luke Fortner had some rookie issues and some growing pains but but overall I thought it was a a good season for a rookie center. I absolutely would expect that he's going to improve. We saw Travis Etienne improve with the more touches that he got, he became a better football player. Those three on defense right there and you, you said Cisco. I I said Walker, Muma and Lloyd cuz Cisco obviously this will be his third year, the others it'll be year 2. But I tend to agree with you there. I, I don't think that Andre Sisco is topped off or, or tapped, you know, topped out. I, I think he's got better football ahead of him. He shows him incredible uh, potential. And then there are, are some other times where he leaves just a little bit uh, to be desired. And, you know, we'll see what happens here with that safety position, right? John Jenkins had such a good year. They're going to have to restructure that deal. But here's a guy that's 29. Okay. How many years do you want to extend Rashawn Jenkins? If if you do some stuff with money, you know it's going to include at least the 2024 season. Are are you willing to make it See, this is what's going to be intriguing. All of these two all of these contracts that Trent Bukey has done. And I've been saying it forever. Are basically two-year deals right? You can get out of it after a second year. When you restructure a contract, like you may do here with Rayshon Jenkins, or you may do here with Roy Robertson Harris, or you may do with Jawan Taylor, which I guess Taylor is more, it's a contract extension. Uh, so let's go back to Harris or Jenkins here. How does that change? Can you still make it a two-year deal? Or is there going to be a little bit that bleeds over to year three? I I don't know. I don't know the difference between a restructuring of a contract and giving a free agent a contract like Bulky did with Jenkins and with Shaq and with Roy Robertson Harris three years ago. You can get out of them all right now after two, and it doesn't cost you hardly anything. But to me, that's going to be a very important part of this process. And honestly, where I am with Rayshon Jenkins, it's like, yeah, I want him to be part of the 2023 team. I don't know if I believe that he'll still have it in 2024 or 2025. I, guys hit 30 and, and, and skills go away. It's And if he had it,
1: you know, the year he had before last season.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he went back to that form. He gave you, he gave you one good year. He gave you a career year. And... You know, I'd love for him to be a part of this year's team. But are you willing to say that he's going to be around for two or three more years? Uh, again, that's, that's the part in this process. You look at the defense of free agents, you can make a case for almost all of them, right? Trey Herndon, I kind of think his better days are behind him as a nickel. I'm not going to overpay there. Andrew Wingard, all right, special teams guy, helped out. I'm not going to overpay for Andrew Wingard. Again, I'm going to let the market set itself for those two. Arden Key, I'm going to try to do everything I can to bring him back. Duan Smoot, all right, battling with a tough injury now. Yeah, I'm going to make an offer and try to get him back. Uh Adam Gotsis, you know, Adam Gotsis to me would be a very late move. It's nothing that's going to happen in March. It may be one of those deals where you have to wait until after the draft that he becomes almost a second tier free agent and it's something that the organization addresses after June. That that would be my opinion. I think Corey Peters will retire. He's your only other you know defensive free agent. So Jacksonville has a lot of interesting decisions they have to make. All right, let's get back to you. More of your stuff, 641-1010 on the text line. Again, we're with you tonight till 8 o'clock along with JJ. I'm Rick Ballew.
2: Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All
0: right, John Rahm's on fire. Probably the best golfer right now in the world. 36, or 3,600,000 plus 550 FedEx points. Wins by two over Max Homa, who's also having a great year. Tiger Woods, better than expected, a 73 on Sunday, but. Was tied for the second-best overall round on Saturday with his 67. Uh, Rom's 65 was the best. Tiger ends up at minus one. Tied for 45th. And most importantly for Tiger, he was able to bank $60,000 because obviously the man needs it. I don't know what's next. I, I listened to his press conference, okay? He wants to play in the four majors he did say a few others. Man, I'd love to see him here at the players. I just, I, I don't know. Uh, Tiger has, you know, Ty, Tiger has really fought, kind of like Rory, when it comes to defending the PGA Tour. This is their event. The PGA Tour's event is the players' championship. And if he is healthy... I I think it makes total sense for him for every reason that you could possibly think of to come here and play. But no one's going to tell Tiger Woods what he can do and what he cannot do at this point. I think he's going to listen to his body. He's never really loved this course. You know, he won here as an amateur. Obviously, he's won here as a professional. But he just, I remember this forever with Tiger. He just never seems to have been a huge fan of the way that this golf course plays. So right now my gut's kind of telling me it's not going to happen, unfortunately. But, man, it would be so great for the game if he was to return here. And, you know, is there going to be any pressure put on him? No. No one's going to put any pressure on Tiger Woods. He came right out and said it's about walking the 72 holes. So you have the Honda Classic coming up this weekend in Palm Beach. Then you have Bay Hill the week before the players. And what, Tigers won at Bay Hill, I think, eight times? Wouldn't that make sense? Go go to a place where you've had a tremendous amount of success and try to play that one. Um, you know, obviously I'd much rather have them here. Then you got the players, and after that, You've got Valspar, then you've got um, the Texas Open, and then you have your first major, which is the Masters, April 6th through April 9th. So if if he did play here, JJ, he'd literally have a month to get ready for the Masters. I don't think it's happening. Um,
1: He sort of had a quote yesterday saying he was going to play all the majors pretty much. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I I don't see it. I think he you know he played this weekend because it's his event. Doesn't he have some sort of association with Bay Hill as well? Mm-hmm.
0: You no, know, it's Arnold's event, but he's Tiger's always, always in it. Yeah, yeah, he's always endorsed that. And again, I think he's won it eight times. So if he plays that, he's not going to play the next week. No, nah, he's not going to play in consecutive weeks. No. Nope.
1: Um, so it's going to be weird without Cam Smith too. Like the guy who won it last year.
0: It's gonna I, be really interesting. It's gonna be weird how they play that. Well, I mean, this event over the last four days, you had nineteen of the top twenty ranked players in the world who who got after it at the uh in Los Angeles at Riviera.
1: I, I don't Is DJ not in the top twenty? I mean he is. I don't care what the rankings say.
0: That's that's business. um I I would have to think, it's maybe not any longer because Cam's yeah. got to be in it, and
1: they haven't gotten he DJ hasn't been able to get any points for so long. Yeah, Smith's so. got to be in it. Yeah, just because of he won the British. No,
0: you know they're still fighting to try to get that changed, to try to get some world rankings. I mean, it would be pretty easy. It just go from, you know, instead of three rounds, play seventy two holes. And yeah. this whole government—I mean, the language coming out of here in a couple of weeks is going to be is going to be really interesting. I, I get a feeling that even though Tiger's not here and Phil's not here and DJ's not here and your defending champion is not here, I don't think it's going to take away from the event. I, I no, still think I, the locals are going to go and well, support it and it's root a, for those who are playing. Exactly, it's
1: a fun time. It's like a party atmosphere, not like the. You know, the one in Arizona. But it, I love the players. I'll go even if it's, you know, web.com guys playing. I really don't care. But the whole this is the best field in golf, I, that's not true. That's not true anymore. Like the, the majors now have the best fields in golf. It used to be this one because the majors would let a lot of riffraff in. But now you're not letting, like, some of the best golfers in the world in this tournament. It's no longer the best field in golf. I would say the Masters probably has a better feel than that. It, you know, just with DJ and Cam Smith not being a part of it, I, can't, I don't see that.
0: Now, a lot of people are going to have some interesting comments on that, whether you agree or disagree. And, you know, you the Live Golf now, they've added three more. They went out and they brought in Thomas Peters, Brandon Steele, and Danny Lee. Okay, um, Pierce, is, uh, Peters is 34th in the official World Golf Rankings. Um, so, and here are actually the rankings right now of live members. Cam Smith is 4th, Joaquin Neiman is 23rd, and Abraham Answer is number 27. The answer to your question on, uh, on, on DJ, they didn't even put him in the story. So he's at least below twenty seven. He's fallen off significantly. But
1: just shows how much those rankings mean then. I mean, you can't tell me DJ's not a top yeah. twenty player in the world. Give me a break. No, he
0: is. Absolutely he is. But it, you know, he he in Brooks Kepka, well okay, he's he's kinda gotten sideways. Yeah. A little he, Patty he did Reed.
1: Have a, a good, by the way, at Brooks Kepka, there was a rumor or um, you know, a leak. I don't know which one, I don't know how true it is, but that he's he took the Live Golf money because he was thinking his body was breaking down and this is a good way to get a paycheck before the end of my career. But now that he's playing better and he feels better, he won on the Live Tour last year towards the end of the season, he is rethinking how he left PGA. That's apparently what the headline is. So.
0: <laughs> I did see that, which would be classic. <laughs> I was about to classic say Classic Kepka. That's
1: very Brooks.
0: Yeah. Uh, let me see. Official Golf rankings um, before we head to the break. Yeah, all right. Let me see if I can find DJ. By the way,
1: someone on the text line asked, what's the deadline for Tiger to play? It's just the week before. I mean, he has mm-hmm. plenty of time right before the players to decide if he wants to play or not.
0: Patty Reed's all the way down at 61. is 54. Again, he's just not getting any points.
1: Yeah, it's the points. Like, uh, so there was a tournament in the Middle East – uh, about a month ago, that of course Rory McIlroy was in, the hypocrite that he is, and him and Reed went like head to head until the very
0: end. Yeah, and it, it, it's unfortunate that Reed had that double bogey because those two would have been playing partners on Sunday. <laughs> that would have been sick. And that was when he threw the tee at him. Yes, before the tournament
1: started. So here, Throw, it, by the way, th- throwing the tee at him is—it's one way to word it. Mm-hmm. I would say he threw a tee on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and it was
0: close. Oh, it sounds better. Yeah, you it sounds into. way better. So John Rahm's one. He'll be here. Scotty Scheffler's two. He'll be here. Rory, Patrick Cantlay. Uh, so your top four will be here, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Then you got Cam. Cam's dropped from fourth to fifth. He's not going to be around. Xander Shoffley. Will Zalatoris, who had a decent round yesterday. You know, for him, it's all about putting. Max Holm, who's had a great year. Justin Thomas. Colin Morikawa. Um, Victor Hovland, Tony Fienu, uh Matt Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, Tom Kim. Love him. Cam Young. Isn't he the guy from New York? Cam Young, Jordan Spieth. I'm not Spieth. sure. He
1: came on the scene last year as a rookie. He right? he wears, like, the uh, – I believe
0: he wears the MLB hat. Sunjay M. Sunjay M, the youngest ever won it here? I think he no, is. No, that was Siwoo Kim. S- Imagine my embarrassment. Oh, (laughs) jeez. How did I mess that up? Remember Sonny Wu Kim warming up in the Chicago Cubs bullpen? Billy Horschel, 19, and then Shane Lowry at number 20. So, yeah, you're still going to get a lot of really good golfers. Of course.
1: I'm only saying that they used to say, well, they still do say it's the best field in golf, but all those same guys are going to be in all the majors
0: just with the best live guys. PGA Tour Communications has been sending me um, quite a bit of stuff the last few weeks, and they've been giving me player profiles. And today's was Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, and Tony Finau. So, you know, again, three golfers, highly ranked, um, that will be coming here to play in just a couple of weeks. All right, let me come back. uh, Let's spend our final moments. um, Some some interesting things being kicked around now with – officiating and with rules, okay, both in the pro game and college game. And, and I actually think, for the most part, it makes sense. It, uh, it it It's a change for the positive in so many of these areas. I don't love all of them, but I like more than I do not like, if that makes any sense. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, good. We'll share it with you on the other side.
2: Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: All right, with you tonight till 8. Hacker Nation will join you then. I'm sliding out of town tomorrow for a week, but I will return. 5090 says, Ballew, how strong are the marching orders from the station brass to not bash Cam Smith? Seems to be the only live guy spared, assuming since he lives here. Yeah, we got an email. I gotta sit down.
1: A station email. Oh, you had to sit down. Hello, <laughs> oh, don't you dare.
0: Bash Cam Smith.
1: What would be the logic behind that? Just because you might see him around town?
0: <laughs> it's actually pretty hilarious that that people think. That stuff like that actually happens. I mean, I'm like the only non Gator on this station besides Leon. I've never once been told you have to do things a Gator way, not a Seminole way. Um, I had people, the eight years that I was a sideline reporter, once, well, you're getting paid from the Jaguars. So you're not. I'm like, have you ever listened to how I. Talk about the Jaguars. It has no bearing on whether or not I'm the sideline reporter or not the sideline reporter. It's always truthful. It's always honest, good or bad. But some people just, in their mind, they, they believe that it's this way or it's that way. It's not. Never once. And imagine
1: listening to this station and thinking that people were taking it easy on the live guys like are you serious everybody at the station carries water for the
0: tour Thank come god. on my god anyway that's that um hey I want to start there let me start here I didn't watch any of the XFL okay it was you know, I did see some response from some of the good that happened this past week. And and the best part of it is apparently now when they're reviewing a play, they take you behind the scenes. You can actually hear the one guy of, you know, the, the one individual of authority who has the say, who sends it down to the referee on the field. He alone looks at a play rules it or overrules it, then sends the information, you know, first that the one that I saw was a it was called the catch. It was first and ten from the 46. They said put it on the left hash mark. But you were able to hear the conversation. So you knew what they were thinking and you knew what they were saying. that there's so much of the review that we don't know about. And sometimes it can take five minutes. Sometimes it can take one minute. But I really believe that if the NFL adopted this, took this, and when you would go in to hear what a play review is going to be, and it was made available to the listeners, I don't think you would get as much complaints about how long it takes because you would feel like you're actually a part of it. You're listening to what is being said from the the sky judge to the referee on the field about okay, it, it was a possession. It wasn't a possession. He had two feet in. No, he had one foot in. To me, it's brilliant. I love the idea. I why not bring the fans in instead of dealing with the complaints? Let the fans listen to what these folks are actually doing.
1: I agree from a consumer's perspective, like and from a broadcaster's perspective. If you're CBS, ESPN, Fox. That would be amazing for you, but if you're Roger Goodell, if you're the NFL, it's a there's no reason why you need to have that. You know, like they're looking at it as this is only going to be bad for us. Mm-hmm. This is gonna it's gonna slip, and we're gonna show everyone that we're incompetent on a lot of things that we don't agree on a lot of things because you're gonna have. Uh, times when refs don't agree and yeah. when they're arguing with each other and that's, if everything's live and all the audio is out there, we're going to hear that too. That's a bad look. So then they just decide, well, we have to make a decision on one way or the other. Like if you're a Goodell, I wouldn't do it I, as a consumer. I would love that. Yeah.
0: I, I can understand why they wouldn't do it because it could be an embarrassment if in fact there is a disagreement. Right? Or and, if they get it totally wrong mm-hmm. and, or they skip a
1: step, and you know, it's still humans at the end of the day. It, the human error will occur.
0: Yes. Um, but man, it would be fun. It would be I, great I for the fan. I agree. Uh, maybe not best for business, but great for the fan. So the XFL, okay? Um, you can do a runner pass from the two yard line for a point, you can do a runner pass from the five yard line. For two points. This is after a touchdown. You can do a, from the 10-yard line, a runner pass for three points. (laughs) I like that. Okay? Then, instead of going for an onside kick, you can do the fourth and 15 conversion from your own 25-yard line where you have to pick up the 15 yards. Also, did you see the kickoff rule? Did you see how they do kickoffs? No. They have one guy back. They literally have uh, the kicker. So you have 10 players on the line. Of, you have 10 players that are at around, I think the defensive players are at the 25-yard line. The offensive players are at the 20. You're only five yards away from each other, and it's 10 on 10. Oh, so you got one no, like, kicker and one content. returner. Yeah, so there's not a lot of blazing speed because that's what they're, they're not getting most concerned like a 50
1: about. A 50-yard, you know, head start no, to smash No, They're guy. getting a five-yard head start. So the guy catches it, and then how much room? I'm I'm confused about he's how much room he usually the, has.
0: He's usually around the five-yard line or around the end zone. So he's got 15 yards until he runs into his own players with incoming players five yards deeper than that. So, are we getting
1: longer, kick or, uh, longer returns?
0: I'm not sure. I mean, it was the sample size is pretty small. Right. And, again, it's not like I was locked into the XFL. Okay, so the one I'm watching right now,
1: he just took it to the 30. Oh, dang. So, they're okay. <laughs> I was confused. I was thinking yeah. that the kicker, that the two teams are facing each other right by where the kicker kicks it. No, they're literally yeah. at the
0: 35. 30- and 35 of the receiving team. Right, right. All right I said it right. I 20-25, so it's 30-35. And they're right there. Okay. But it's pretty bizarre, and, 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 and it actually looks kind of cool.
1: I don't hate it. Yeah. I mean, if you're so concerned about safety that they were willing to get rid of the kickoff, if this is the one way to keep
0: the kickoff, I'm all for it. Uh, the NFL rule, you know, we talked about this late last week, but if you fumble out of the end zone, uh, the opponent gets it first and 10 from the 20 uh, that rule has been scrapped in the XFL, and they're they're talking about possibly changing that now in the NFL, along with the bush push, um, which we obviously saw Philadelphia use, kind of like a rugby scrum. I think you can look for both those changes to take place. Final thought: college football. Okay, and it's amazing because I I found this today, and we just talked about this last week. College football now mm-hmm. is considering changing the clock after picking up a first down. As we know, whenever you pick up a first down in college football, you set the ball down, and then the referee puts his arm in motion, and the clock starts to run at that particular point. They're discussing now to keep this the NFL way, even when you pick up a first down, the clock is always running unless within the last two minutes – of the half, or in the game.
1: And you go out of bounds. I'm assuming they stop it when you go out of bounds. Well, right. We were just talking about this. I know. College football takes five hours. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but it, some games it, it is four and a half hours, four mm-hmm. hours. Like, it's, I don't understand why they stopped the clock after every first down. I never understood what the point of that was. I would love to see that go. I think it's better for the game. Yeah. We'll because especially with this generation of people, mm-hmm. they don't watch games like they used to. They can't sit in front of a television for four straight hours like we can, Yeah, the kids.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. It takes longer to play a college football game for a couple of reasons. Number one, longer halftime because both bands play. And that's the reason why a halftime in college football is longer than a halftime in the NFL. And rules like this, you know, after picking up a first down, I mean— Let's say you have, what, maybe 30 first downs a game? I, I don't know. What's the average? We, we That's the third thing down, in comp- college football. There's so many yeah, plays. Yeah, you're stopping it for 30 seconds. So, you know, if, if you have 30 or 40 or 50 of those a game, just look how much longer that is compared to an NFL game. These things are all going to be discussed. The game we love, trying to find a way to make it better for everyone involved. Folks, have a great week. If you want to get a hold of me, please do on Twitter. That's Blue1010X. I'll be back next Wednesday as I head to Costa Rica. JJ, have a great week. I'll see you when I get back. Be safe, bro. Yes, sir. Hacker Nation coming up now. Hacker Nation will be in for me while I am in Costa Rica. Stay safe, folks. I'll see you in a week.